You're listening to Self-Publishing Journeys, the weekly podcast for all new and aspiring self-published authors. Stand by for tips, resources, hints, and practical techniques to help you on your own self-publishing journey. Meet indie authors at different stages of their writing careers and hear how they manage to get their own books published and making sales. For show notes, web links, and useful resources, please head to selfpublishingjourneys.com. Now, here's your show host, self-published author and digital marketer, Paul Teague. Hello and welcome to Self-Publishing Journeys, episode number 122 for Monday the 8th of October 2018. Today's guest, appearing for the second time today, is Lindsay Drew Honey, a former glamour model and editor of Penthouse magazine. Now, Lindsay first appeared on episode 8 in 2016, just after she'd self-published her first book called Every Shade of Blue. She reached out to me recently to let me know that the follow-up, Every Shade of Black, has just been released, so I was keen to catch up and find out how things have been going since we last spoke. Lindsay's second novel has also been published through Matador, the self-publishing imprint of the Troubadour Publishing Group. When we chatted for the podcast, I began by asking Lindsay what made her decide to come back for a second sitting as a writer. Well, when I started writing my first book, it was always going to be a kind of a two-parter, because... I, the story wasn't finished, you know, and I, I, when I read books myself, I like books that are about sort of 300, 350 um, pages. Anything less than that, I don't think is uh, enough of a read and anything more of that is, is too long. So I kind of, it was kind of one book split into two really, but the second book always was a bit more difficult because you still have to write it as a standalone book. Um, so it was it is a standalone book, but it, it continues from the first book. So basically it was always going to be two books. People always kind of because of like the Fifty Shades um books, you know, they were three. People always say is that is it a trilogy? But no, it was always intended as two books. Okay, so when we spoke last time, uh you'd had that kind of experience of writing the first book, which which I know you'd had some issues with. I remember saying last time that you'd you'd put a lot of music tracks in the first book, and by the time you got to publication, they were like old fashioned or they felt a bit, you know, old fashioned. Did did, did you have the same struggles this time? Um, well, I I still did put music in there, but I mean I think I put things in that were a bit more, you know, songs that are always kind of around anyway, you know, like something like Hero by Enrique Iglesias. I mean, that's if you say that song, everybody knows it or something, you know. I, I wouldn't put just some sort of uh, averagey song in there. If it's, a, if it's a song that would stand the test of time, then I, I didn't have a problem with popping that in again. And I do like to set, set a scene, so I do like to put music um, into my writing. Um, I don't know why, I just do. Yeah, it sets a nice mood, I think. I, I've just used music in my first book, and I really enjoyed it, actually, because it takes you to, a, I think, a time, a place, and a feeling. Yes, and also the other thing is my, my books are really, you know, because by the time you write them and try and get them published and then you get them published, you are talking, you know, I had to look at things. If I was mentioned someone's on an airplane and they're watching a movie, you can only put sort of classics on or... In my first book, I think it was like 2013, or that came out in 2016. So you didn't want to actually, because the days of the week are mentioned, you know, each um, each day is mentioned as like, you know, uh, September the 17th or something. And, and in my mind, I knew what year it was, although nobody reading it unless they went back and checked. 
but it had to be music that or or, or um, films that were actually out then. So you know, you have to do all this stuff, don't you? People don't kind of realise because you'll always get one person who says, "Well, that's a mistake." If you look at the days of the week, it's 2013, and that song wasn't out till 2014 or something. So yeah, um, so so I was quite careful with that, so I didn't sort of mess that up. I think I don't know what people did before the internet because it makes all that stuff really easy nowadays, doesn't it? Yeah, you just go and think, right, great great films of 2013 with, with Tom Hanks in or something, and then you find it, and then that's it, kind of thing. Yeah, I mean the internet is just fabulous for research. Yeah. So you've told me that this always came as a as a sort of double act. These two books, but when you sat down to write book two, how yes. much of an author did you feel? Did you feel any better prepared for it second time round? Yes, I did really. But to be honest, by the time book one came out, I was a fair bit into book two. But then, I mean, you know, I'm sure you saw. You know yourself, you just go back and rewrite and rewrite and re-edit and, you know, you get it all down and then you just go back and, like, shape it. Um, but when I sat down to write book one, I didn't actually have a beginning, middle and an end, which is always a ridiculous thing to do. But I thought, I'm going to write a book, you know, and I'm going to make these characters and it's going to be a sexy book. And I didn't really know where it was going. So it did take me a lot longer. Um, so when I sat down to write the second book, I also had a lot more idea about structure of sentences and building um, situations and building the tension in the sex scenes and using, you know, don't tell, show, you know, using sense of smell and feel and, and that much more than just like, you know, telling something. So by the time I got to the second book, I mean, it's like it, it practice, isn't it? It's like ski hours. The more you ski, the better you get, the more you write the better you get, I think. I mean, I don't know, but I think so. I, I did find it that it came together easier, the second book, yeah. And how much of that, Lindsay, was just you, uh, you know, learning as you go along, like you were saying about the ski hours, and how much of it was from f feedback you'd had along the way with your first book? Well, I think I had a bit... I had, when I had my literary agent, the feedback from him was my first book was a bit too dark, and the second book should be more of a romantic sort of hearts and flowers kind of story, which the second one is more romantic. Um, but quite a lot of people have actually said they quite like the darker one. So, you know, but you can't please everyone, really. It's, it's one of those things. And I think the story kind of developed into a love story in the second book anyway, because that's where it was going once I started knowing where the beginning, middle and end was anyway. Um, so, yeah, I think I think really that that was the case and when you started book two or when you were well into book two how sort of confident did you feel based on the feedback you'd had for book one had that sort of given you the wind beneath your wings as a writer by that stage well i think so I, I, it's funny i was talking to a friend of mine who's a social media person and helping me with that and she she uh, wrote a book i think it was it was like a self-help book actually but i mean she said when you actually put, put your book out there it's really embarrassing because you know it's almost like it's so personal to you. And if people come back and say, oh, this is a load of old rubbish, mm. it's like quite sort of, you're actually putting yourself out there, aren't you? Well, I was I was going to just pick up a point you made there. But you may, I mean, you've you've been a, you know, a model, you've been in the public eye for a long time. So you must be used to, uh, mm. you know, feedback and dealing with, you know, taking the rough with the smooth. Yes, I mean, you know, you've got to take the rough with the smooth, but it's still a bit, you know, you still get you know hurt or whatever kind of thing if there's bad reviews i don't like to i don't like to to look at them really and, and i was kind of writing the book for 
sort of a, yeah. I mean, the basic person who will read my book is a sort of um, ladies who do lunch. I mean, and I was kind of aimed at that. And so all the sort of people, the people I, I got from them, that it was aimed at, um, love it, you know, especially because they sort of live near where I do and they, they know the places and the, the places I've mentioned. And, you know, I have one friend of, my, of mine, and she said, you know, Oh, that restaurant sounds amazing. Why haven't we ever been there? And I said, well, because it doesn't exist. I've made it up. <laughs> so I kind of aimed it. I kind of, if I wanted to read a sexy book, that's what I'd like to read. Um, and, you know, it's, you know, I read loads of books all the time. And it's not actually my kind of book that I read. I don't read particularly. That's not my kind of book. But I just thought that's the kind of book I could write. And I could write okay. And, um, and I think, you know, the, the people that have read it, you know, genuinely have really liked it. So um, I've been I've been pleased with that. You said with book one that you kind of made that one up as you went along. You didn't really have a plan for that one. So when you sat down to write book two, were you working literally to a beginning, middle and end kind of plan? Did you know exactly where you were going with that? I had a beginning, middle and end plan, but I didn't actually know sometimes, you know, I, I knew sort of the beginning and the middle and the end, but how I got from the middle to the end was a little bit of a variation. And, and you, you know, you might know yourself that you could wake up in the middle of the night and think, yes, that's how it's going to work. That's how they're going to find that. That's how this is going to happen. You know, so you do have those sort of moments um, when you think, yeah, that's how it's going to work. So I did have a beginning, middle and end, but it still developed along the way how I got to that end to make it sort of believable and fun and and move the story along you know without it dragging or also i'm you know I, I thought i want you know a sex scene every three chapters or you know because it's a sexy book so i kind of had a bit more of a structure with it so i knew how it was going to go but you know as as you work through it things come to you kind of thing as you write something about a character you think yeah that would work with that character that would really work with that character and then then you just sort of embellish that i guess yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I often join the dots when I'm lying awake in bed just thinking about the story. Often I think you could just have that little breakthrough and you think, oh, if that was real life, this is how that would happen. And it just, come, it just comes. And I don't think you can, I don't feel yeah. you can plan everything, can you? No, and that lying in bed moment, they're just like, yes, bingo, that's it. You know, it's funny you should say that. That's when a lot of it, you know, just nodding off to sleep and something comes to you. Yeah. Yeah, I, I have a lot um, to thank showers and dozing in bed for because that's where I usually have my breakthrough moments. <laughs> yeah, the dozing in bed, but then you've got to have your iPhone or whatever near you notes to just jot it down because you can wake up the next morning and think, what was that? Oh, that was really good and I can't quite remember it. So I would jot it down um, at, at night when these moments came to me and um, so you don't forget it in the morning. I always think the first book is very much, it's almost like a painful journey that if you're going to be a writer, you've got to get through. And and when you've got through that, there's all these things that you learn, um, uh, you know, to make it better next time. So I, I'm wondering is when you came to the second book, were you um, uh, more formulaic about it? You know, had you sort of learned things about word counts and, and the best time of day for you to write or, or was it higgledy piggledy? Um, I think what I learned, uh, mainly, I kind of learned with the second book. When I'm reading books, I really like short chapters. I, I think the longest chapter in my book is probably 12 or 13 pages. I like chapters, three or four pages, because then someone will read it a little bit more. I'll read one more chapter, I'll read one more chapter, which I, I really like when I'm reading. I also, let, when I have my first sort of, you know, 
uh, proofreading done with a professional, you know, like semicolons and commas and dashes and, you know, and how to, when you have got a thought and it's put in italics and all those kind of things, I did learn that much more than in the first one because, you know, I went, when I was at school, I, I got an English GCSE, but I didn't go to uni, I didn't, you know, do any of that. So, I mean, I've just learned to write through when I was a model and someone asked me to do some writing and I did, you know, so, you know, I think it, it, it was learning. But obviously, when you spend a year of your time actually sitting down and writing, um, and I like to write in the morning, I'm, I'm, you know, I don't like to start writing six o'clock in the evening, something like that. I prefer to start at six o'clock in the morning. I'm quite a morning person. So you, you do learn those kind of things. But I did learn a lot more about sentence structure and punctuation so that when I when I handed it over to a proofreader, there was less less to be changed. I think I still haven't got my head round what an M dash is and when to use one. Have you got that one yet? Don't use, I don't use. I don't like dashes. I think they're quite lazy. I yeah. I, I you know. I can't kind of like colons and but, but these days they 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 take semicolons out a lot and put in commas now, don't they? The style seems to change. I think a bit. Um, and, you know, things, when you have a list of things now, they don't have commas in them much because they say it's more snappy. Go with, like, commas every now and then. And then there's a bit like the English language. There's no real rules. The rules are there. You know, when it comes back and, you, you know, it comes back and it says this, you know, accept or um, disagree with their edits, you know, there's lots of them I disagreed with, you know, because I think, no, I like it like that, you know. Spit infinitives, people still use them, which I don't like, you know, but... You know, language is changing, I think. And um, I think if you've got your style, there's no real right or wrong in some senses with writing. Yeah, I agree with you. I think you could be very snobby. I mean, I find punctuation like the offside rule. And, and, and I kind of write how I want it to be read, really. And I don't yeah. you know. That might not be yeah. technically correct, but it's how I want you to read it. Yeah, and I think that's when you do get it back and it's agree or disagree. Some, You know, maybe 75% of the time I would agree with the editor and 25% think, no, I think it's better as it, as it as I've read it. You know, so that, that's down to you, I guess, isn't it? Have you found, Lindsay, that you've settled to... Um, you said you like to work early in the mornings. I, I agree. I'm the same with that. But have you settled to sort of a rhythm of a word count or anything like that? That, you know, my daily writing's one and a half thousand or something. Have you found that rhythm? Yet. No, I mean, some days I could write 3,000 words and other days I could write 300. And uh, no, not not at all. And also sometimes I might just sit down for like two hours and write or I might do a whole day. And then some days I'll literally go back to a whole chapter that I've written before and spend the entire day re-editing it, you know, especially with the sex scene. Because I, I used to think the sex scenes were the easy things because that's my history. That's what I sort of, you know... That's what I used to write. But actually, I think they're the most difficult things to write now because you've got them. I like to make them very intense and I like to have like short sentences, long sentences, short sentences, you know, to be emphatic. And I'll write one and I could go back and spend a day rewriting a chat. I've got one in, in every shade of um, black. I've got, I think the longest chapter is a threesome sex scene. And it's, I think it's the longest, yes, 13, 14 pages, I think maybe. And that chapter took me a long time because I wrote, rewrote it so many times just to kind of just make it intense, you know. So um, I can't do a word. I can't say, right, I'm going to sit down until I've done 2,000 words. I, I know I don't write like that at all. 
Now, I've got to talk to you about sex scenes because I think last time we spoke, I don't think I'd written a sex scene last time we spoke and I had asked you about them. And now um, I had to do... <laughs> I, I I've written I've written two now, and I was I had to I had to reread my second thriller the other day um, because somebody had found a mistake in it, you know, and I had to go back and I was re-reading it, and I thought, blimey, that was a bit hot. Uh, well, <laughs> I'd written a really hot sexy Lindsay. I was I was thinking, blimey, did I write that? Well, yeah, sometimes you go, I go back to things and, and I think, just don't write that. That doesn't sound like me at all, but this is not the sex scene. This is, I remember, there's a fight scene actually in, in this book and I loved it. It was, it was the most exciting thing I actually wrote in the book. I really enjoyed it, <laughs> writing a fight, yeah, which I never thought I'd do, yeah. I, I so just... sometimes doing something you've never done before, it makes you feel good that you, you, you sort of come away from your usual um, structure, I guess. Well, it felt really daring, and all the ladies I know are reading it, saying, "Oh, I, I didn't know what to think." You know, it was like they're all <laughs> passing it round, reading the blasted thing. So, <laughs> this is great. I, I hope so. I hope so. I, I did. I must admit, I did surprise myself because it was two years since I wrote it, and I just thought, "Blimey, I was pushing the boat out with that." There's, you know, there's a bit of all sorts in there. It's uh, very saucy. You can. You can just go really out on a you know, because I, I, I wrote a threesome thing in there, and. Um, Actually, there's a threesome in the first book, but that was a man and two women, and this one was a w- woman and two men, so it was slightly different. Um, you know, because w- when I write my sex scenes, they're usually from the perspective of like maybe four different people, you know, and so sometimes I write a sex scene as there was a man writing it, and then I write one, there was a woman writing it, and I do write them very differently. So, was your character a man? head or a woman's head when you're writing a sex scene uh, it was a man's head it was a man's yeah. head but i wanted to write it in a very female friendly way so i get i get mainly um female readers i think that's the sense i get uh yeah. no, nobody's uh haven't had any complaints about the sex scenes yet which is and i haven't won a bad sex award so i'm hoping it must be passable just a story of my life really Lindsay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but well done. <laughs> so yes, yeah, so I, I feel quite pleased with that. Now, what I I am interested in you because you said you've got a sex scene virtually every three chapters. So well, maybe not. I think my book has got like fifty chapters in, and maybe there's a one every five chapters or something like that. Yeah. Um, but sometimes I don't go into sex scene. They, they're the start of a sex scene. You know, someone goes down on their knees and he unzips, and then it goes to the next chapter. So maybe. Four sections and maybe every like five um, chapters, and they're not like big long ones all the time. You know, they're, they're some of them are three or four pages, and some of them, as I say, that marathon one I did, which was a threesome, which I thought I'm going to, you know, do this, and it was the whole sort of pickup routine into the sex scene. Um, so, you know, I, I if it's if it, I mean, if my book does what it says on the tin, basically, you know, get somebody horny then I think they, they are expecting it every five chapters or something, I guess, because that's what it was. It wasn't a thriller. It was a thriller. It was a sex, sexy book that I tried to sort of do as a thriller, you know. Um, so that what was initially about as a, sec, as a sexy book. So I think you need to put plenty of it in there. And how about, um, you know, <laughs> keeping the sex scenes fresh? Because, um, uh, you know, it's. I mean, I know you, you were involved in the, the glamour industry as well, weren't you? And and, yeah. and 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 you know, so how do you keep the the sort of scenarios fresh? Because like I've written two sex scenes, I, I've run out of moves now. I, I I've like used all my best all my best plays. I've, <laughs> well, I think I think the the reason that I um, manage that is because 
as I say, in in the in, in my book, I've got I've got a mis- misogynistic character, Angela, who the sex scenes are very, very quite sort of um, harsh and quite sort of dominant. Dom- dominant. dominant. He's dominant, and um, and then I've done some very lovey dovey ones, so they're very much softer. And then, you know, you just come up with all different places and scenarios. And, you know, I mean, there's only so many ways to say it. But I think if you're doing it from other people's perspectives, writing from a woman's perspective, then a man and then a man who's in love or then a man who's a bit of an ass, you know, you can you can keep it fresh, I think. Um, but and I think, as I say, I like to keep it intense. I like to build the tension you know, and get in what somebody smells like or somebody feels like. You know all that kind. Of, you know the way someone's hair smell. You know just just building it up so you're feeling you're, you're there kind of thing. So I, I just try and make it as descriptive as I can along the way, really. But it's funny because I read a lot lots of books that are not sexy books at all, and there's some authors that that just occasionally put the odd sex scene in, and they're really really hot. You know, really good authors. They'll shove a sex scene in, and it's really good. And and then you know I I. Sometimes you'll read books that are done people who write a lot of sex, and I don't find them very stimulating. So I think um, it's, 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 it's a difficult art writing sex, I think, and I think I'm good at it. I mean, at nearly every review I've got, everybody says the sex is hot. So at least I've, you know, the criticism, I've got very good criticism on my sex scenes anyway, but then I do work at them a lot. You know, I could write that one chapter took me ages just going back and just just building it and building it kind of thing it's um it's definitely an art form and the fact that we have an award a bad sex award yeah uh, you know, I, shows you could do it wrong <laughs> if i did i'd be very shocked <laughs> <laughs> yeah yes after the career you've had that would be a yeah. huge disappointment wouldn't it yeah. I'd be, I'd be gutted, yeah. <laughs> I'd say she can't write, she's this, that, the other, but they say the sex scenes aren't hot. Well, no, no, no. I've, not, I've not had that, actually. Yeah. I've not had that at all. So I'm quite pleased about that. Yeah, that's your brand. That needs to be the hottest thing about it, doesn't it? That's... Yeah, but, you know, I've got this, you know, now, the next book I write, I mean, I'm not writing, I'm having a break from it, it kind of thing. I've just been on holiday for a couple of months, so I've been doing much at all, but I, um, um, you know, I want to write a thriller. I want to write a thriller, maybe throw a sex scene in, but I don't want it to be a book that's, you know, just going to get somebody horny, really. I want, uh, you know, I like books that make people laugh and cry. That's the kind of books I I um, like to read. And I think, to be honest, it's one of those things that, right, I've done this. Can I do that now? Do you know what I mean? Once I've learned how to write, really, I think the next step is to do something different, really. I was going to say, I, like, I think thrillers are your genre, aren't they? That's what you prefer to read. I do, but I like these kind of everyday stories of, you know, something dark in someone's past that comes up to bite them, like, years later kind of thing. You know, that that's... Um, there's an author called Lisa Jewell I read a lot of now. I discovered her, and she's really good, and I've just gone back and picked up a few bestsellers. Um, and then so you go back for, like, the last eight years and look at her last eight books or whatever. And her books are thrillers, but they're often just sort of ordinary people in everyday situations that something in their past has happened and then suddenly it just, you know, comes back to haunt them. And that's the kind of book I'd like to write, something, you know, but I haven't, I haven't got a plot yet, so I'm not going to start. So I've got a beginning, middle and an end. <laughs> It's funny that you say that. Number one, um, I've just started targeting Lisa Jewell for my thrillers. Uh, you know, as an audience, I'm targeting her audience. And the other thing is, 
on my board here, uh, I'm just going to, I'm just leaning over to get it. I, I have a little, my, my books are scary things happen to ordinary people. That's the way I write my thrillers, which is what yeah. sounds like what you were alluding to there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, and, and I enjoy that kind of stuff too. And I, I like, um, I like a lot of relationships in mind. So that's why, so mine are thrillers, but, um, you, and you were, you said this earlier, actually, you know, you like to read thrillers, then you get a sex scene. And I, and I just wanted to, I wanted you to be reading this thrill, and then all of a sudden you get this really hot sex scene. And, it, and, and, and I hoped it would sort of think, make you almost feel a little bit embarrassed to have enjoyed it. That's, that's where I, what I wanted to do with it. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's exactly it. You get a book where they just get like one thrown in there and you think, um, there's an author, Ed McBain, I don't know if you've ever, I mean, he's dead now, isn't he? Ed McBain used to write all the sort of American, sort of a very tongue-in-cheek, cheek sort of cop um, thrillers. And he always used to throw the odd sex scene in, and they were so hot, but not very often. Do you know what I mean? Not in every book, even, you know? I've read all of his books, I think. But, um, you know, just now and again, he'd throw one in, and they were really, really hot, yeah. Now, what I was very interested to see with your new book is that you've gone with uh it's troubadour matador is i think matador's the self-publishing wing isn't it that, that i always yes. um yes. so you presumably i mean we've mentioned them a couple of times and i've always heard good experiences from people on this podcast presumably you had a good experience first time and so you repeated it second time around yes i did i mean i i just went straight back to them really and thought well you know i'm gonna you could just like look around and see but I had a good experience with them they were very professional and um I just thought you know if it's not broke don't fix it so I went straight back to them really I think they've got a very good reputation they do some good covers um you know and that was kind of I thought I'd just go straight back to them when, when it was finished I guess um you know I did sort of send it to a couple of people for trying to get you know into mainstream publishing without self-publishing but the thing is, it takes a long time to do stuff like that. In the meantime, your book's getting old, I, I tend to think. You know, that's that's what kind of happens. So I thought, it's done. I don't want it to be sitting on the shelf and, and, and in my house and not going anywhere. So I thought, you know, they're good. Let's just go straight back to them. And they are very good, yeah. I would them. Yeah, good for you. And I, I love that attitude that, you know, I'm not hanging around for people to make up their mind whether they're publishing these. Let's just get the darn things out because they'll, uh, sure as heck, Lindsay, they'll come and buy them off you if, you know, if they want if they want them. They'll still come to you. Exactly. Yeah, because now I'm going to try. I saw some company the other day, Hot Tree Publishing in Australia. You know, they're looking for stuff. Well, if you've self-published it, you can still go to these people. And I believe, I think Fifty Shades of Grey couldn't get a deal and, and eventually... She got one in Australia first, so you know that that's get it out there and then just see what happens afterwards. It's kind of what I would say. Now, I'm sure that when we spoke first time around, I'm not sure that you had a website and you've got a nice little website now. Is that is that is that right? Is that what I have got a website? I haven't actually done a lot with it because I built it just before I went on. I've only just done it for this book. Um, I I'm on some built it with me because I'm a shit wise. But anyway, so um yeah, I need to start moving on that now and blogging on there and stuff. As I said, I've been away for a couple of months, which wasn't great timing just after my book came out. But I always planned to try and do a couple of months in Spain one year and I sort of did it this year and it was really nice. So it, the timing didn't really work. But I've built this um website with GoDaddy and it looks pretty good I think and um I just need to get on there and start adding things now, now I'm back. Yeah, and it's um, I think it's quite an important thing. I have to say, your site looks perfectly all right, Lindsay. It's a really 
you know, great. It's perfectly all right. I mean, no, that, that's all you need in many respects. You know, it's got your picture on, it's got your background, it's got your books on. I see you could buy your books. Are you, are you selling them directly? Well, I, I could, I could put them on that. I'm going to because a lot of people have asked for me, you know, like Facebook's me or whatever, and said, could, could I buy a signed copy? And I've said, yeah, and I've sent them out to them, and you know, sort of friends of friends and things, you know, that I've done. So I would at the moment I haven't put the live button on there because if I did and I was in Spain I couldn't actually physically do that. So um, next week I'm going to add the the, the um, way to do that. No, but I mean, it's on Amazon and it's with because um, I did like a three month for the ebook. I did a three month thing with Amazon only, but now it's available on other um, um, mediums really. Um, but no, so it's available from Matador, it's available from Amazon, but I will kind of do it to sell them on my website when I've got that live button to take PayPal and all that, which I haven't actually arranged yet. So I'm a bit tardy on that, but I will do it. Well, I'll make sure I add that uh, website to the resources page because we didn't have that last time we spoke. And so I think that's that's a great little website, Lindsay. You know, I think, well, I, because and- I, I am a bit geeky and I say to people, that's all you need. Well, yeah, lindsaysbooks.com is a really good, you know, I, I tried to get lindsaysbooks.com and it was available. I thought that's a really good, you know, uh, it's a great sort of, if you put in Lindsay's books, it comes up, you know, straight at the top. So that's quite good. It was a good name I got there. Yeah, it looks very, very distinctive to me. So so well done on getting that up. That's great. Yeah, well done <laughs> my son who can do all that sort of stuff, yeah. It's, it's very handy having somebody who can with things like that, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, handy having a youngster around, yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely brilliant. Okay, so we've, I mean, you look at every bit the author now. Have you thought about, um, you know, have you moved into anything like um, foreign rights or audio books yet? Because I, I can imagine you... You would be great to read the audiobook of this. Things are no, not with my accent. I oh, hate you would. It. Yeah, but you're a celeb, you see. You've got you've got celebrity value, and uh, so I would think you know you've got to read it. I think. Yeah, I don't know. You see, I don't. I'm, I'm not mad keen on audiobooks. If I have an audiobook, my mind just kind of like wanders, and I'm like, I could never listen to audiobooks because I don't concentrate. If I'm if I'm um, reading a book my mind doesn't wander but on audiobook it just seems to no i've never thought about audiobooks but they're quite a big thing now aren't they i've got a friend who who listens to all the jack reacher books on audiobooks but i prefer to like have a physical book in my hand but it's something now i'm back from being away that i need to sort of you know step up and, and check these things out um really yeah yeah i just i mean i think because of your sort of past and because i mean you'll have people who know you from your you know past with penthouse and the the glamour industry and things like that and to me it makes in your particular case perfect sense for you you know to to read your books um yeah i, I think that was funny because i went to a friend's barbecue and i took and my friend is she was like the biggest lover of my first book ever. She was the one who said, oh, can we go to that restaurant? I said, no, it doesn't exist. You know, and I took her, took her book, and we're at the barbecue. She said, oh, re- read a bit out then. So I, like, went to a page and found a really saucy bit. And um, I started reading maybe two two pages or something. Everyone was, like, open mouth, just, like, listening to me read it. So maybe my accent's not as bad as I thought it was. No, I don't. I mean, you don't need to even think about that, uh, Lindsay. I don't think you know it's because I, I honestly think I think you would be wasting it if you got somebody else to read it. I think um, uh, I, you know that, I think that's something you need. You've got that lovely celebrity uh, value. I think it was celebrate beautifully with your voice on it. Yeah, because well, also now regional accents are so trendy, aren't they? You know that you know it's not like BBC uh, 
speak anymore. They're like you and your Bristolians and your Geordies and your Liverpudlians and all these sort of accents that you can pick out. Yeah, you, that's like all over the television now, aren't I, with the different accents. So, yeah, maybe that's something I should, um, you know, I'll make a note. I'll do, I should do that. I should investigate it anyway. And you must, you must have had experience of recording studios and things like that. I mean, it can't, it can't be completely new to you, is it? Oh, no, no. I mean, I, I, I used to do a lot of that stuff when, you know, when I used to write and, and record lots of these kind of sexy um, phone chat things when they I mean, were talking 30 years ago, at least I'm guessing, you know, sexy phone chats. People would ring in, you know, to, um, I don't know, some theme would come up with, whether it was like, you know, um, I don't know. Um, bondage talk or something and I'd write a, a 300 word script and just read it out or whatever and people, you know it, I think it was like a, a before people sort of ran up babe stations and got the girls talking to them that way they, they were all sort of pre-recorded stuff so I did do quite a lot of that and I've been into a lot of these kind of studios with my son and I've actually turned up at some of these studios and they said, well could you do a couple of lines you know, we need someone, yeah alright then and I've done a couple of lines in studios in the last couple of years i guess um my son was doing something for a charity thing and they just said he's doing a thing to his mum and actually we've got his mum here could you just read you know these three lines and i've done it so yeah i've got experience of those kind of things so it wouldn't be really alien to me or anything oh, fantastic well when you get that published I'll, I'll send you my invoice as an agent fee all right so all right. <laughs> but you're sick of that in your career aren't you <laughs> agent fees <laughs> yeah. Yeah. so uh, I, I want to congratulate you on getting the second book out because you know the first book's that you know big hurdle and then to get the second one out that i mean you're really you're really flying now so you, you've got more books in you thrillers probably I think so, but I think it's 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 going to be a slight sort of departure from the sexy book, but just like a like yourself, one or two hot sex things thrown in, and I need to come up with a you know I don't know these days there's a lot of books about damaged people, aren't there? But you don't you want them to be damaged a bit so that people have a a kind of um, empathy with them rather than oh get on with it, you know that type of thing. So I think there's kind of a fine line of making your characters believable. And that people like them, um, and that something's happened in their past that's bad, but it, it was an evil kind of thing, you know. So I, I, I need to come up with a good storyline, you know. Once I've got a good storyline and I plot it out, then you know, I don't know about you, but I like to plot out. Chapter one's going to going to convey this. Chapter two is just going to this is going to move this story along, and, and I'd like to get the whole sort of beginning, middle, and end, but fill in a lot of the gaps before I actually start to do that. But, yeah, I I, I, I set myself the challenge of writing a sexy book. I mean, two sexy books. And now I'm going to set myself the challenge of writing, um, you know, like everyday people doing unusual things, like you said, yeah. And then when you when you start that, well, it's book three now. I mean, you're an old hand at this now when you're book exactly. three, <laughs> which is brilliant. So what will you... When, when you start that book, what will you take that you've learned from that now? Because, you know, so you've got a lot of experience now. Well, I've got a lot of experience. And I think, you know, it's the routine that you work every morning and, and that kind of thing. And also, you know, don't start until you know where it's going. Um, and I also get, get a lot because I'm a real prolific reader. I read all the time. I mean, I do. Um, I can read a book in a day if I really, really like it. Um, so I, I think 
I don't know. I just think that when I sit down and do it, each book's going to be that little bit easier. Once I've got a, a good enough plot, you know, once I've got a good enough plot, it will be easier because I know how to structure it and how to move the story along um, and how to, you know, you, you start building your characters. And once you've built a few characters, then you can build a few more. You know, when you first come up with a character, then it, it's, it's very one-dimensional, but then you, you make it grow. And I've learned how to make characters grow and make them likable. Or if it's a baddie, make them not likable. You know, so you learn how to work with your characters, I think. And what, now with two books behind you, what, what are your sort of personal aspirations other than writing in a different genre? You know, are, are we looking for films, deals? You know, would you like to sell across the world, be in an airport? What, what do you want now? You've sort of done it twice. Yeah, of course. I'd love, I mean, actually I had lunch with some friends today and they, Two of them had read my second book, and one of them hadn't. hadn't. And um, we said, oh, can you imagine if it was a film? Or what about that sexy? Like, yeah, of course, I'd love it. It's a bit like people said to my son, would you like to be a film star? Of course I would. You know, I'd love to. I mean, it, it's, it would be a dream, really, if, if someone picked up my book. If they got in an airport, I mean, that would be a dream. But if it were picked up as a film, that would be, you know, um, I'd have to start thinking who would play my main characters. <laughs> Aidan Turner, I think I've probably told you that before, from, from my character <laughs> Sebastian. <laughs> <laughs> that's, yeah, that's brilliant. What, what, about your, what about your female lead? Have you got anybody in mind for that? Oh, yes. Um, who was I thinking of the other day? He's that very good-looking girl who was in... Um, oh, I can't think of her name now. She was in that movie with Leonardo DiCaprio, the one about the, the banker who was... Um, yes. I don't know her name, but I know who you mean. Yes. Yeah, she's massive now. Those big eyes, blonde hair. She's, she's, she's just got a new movie. She's got a new movie coming out all the time. And I can't think of her name. She's a really good looking and a great actress. She does all sorts of things. Her, but I wish I could think of her name. Wolf of Wall Street is the film you're thinking of, isn't Wolf it? Wolf of Wall Street, yes. And the female lead in that is Leonardo DiCaprio's uh, wife in that. That's the actress I'd like to. She might be slightly too good looking, but then doesn't really matter the better looking you know you can't have anyone too good looking in a movie can you to be honest margot robbie is that right margot robbie that's it yeah margot robbie i think she's probably uh, uh, she's probably a little bit young young but not that young yeah i think she's she's not that much younger than my character because i didn't make my characters really young because i think when you suddenly have someone who's like 22 and they're very, they're very confident about sex and they know everything you know multi-orgasmic and and I think that doesn't really happen to people at 22. By the time you're sort of in your 30s, I think you're much more um, confident in yourself and, and, you know, you've learned a lot about stuff. And, and then, you know, if you're writing a very sexual character, I think it works better with someone in your 30s. I think she might be a bit young, but I don't think she'd be too young. So, yeah, Margot Robbie and Aidan Turner. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. And do you have, um, I mean, because you have worked in the, the film industry, you were on... Uh, I was going to say Wolf of Wall Street. That's what we've just been talking about. Werewolf in London, weren't you? Which is 37 years. It's 37 years old. Um, last week or so, in American American. And I can't believe Really? Really? Yeah. Wow. I mean, it's, you can still watch it now, and it still holds up. It's a very sort of timeless kind of film. Yeah, so I, I was in that. I mean, I know I had a very minor part in it, but um, as it's a cult film, I still get asked about it all the time. But do you still have a way, you know, you've got 
contacts. You've obviously had adult film contacts, but also in uh, mainstream films as well. Is that sort of something that is still sort of live and fizzing? Could that bring you a film deal? No, I don't think so. I, I think you're you're thinking I'm more of a celebrity and more important <laughs> than I am. No, I don't think so. Well, it, you never know, you know, so you, who you meet really, isn't it, kind of thing. It's who you meet and, and who you give a book to and they really love it. And you, you never know, really. You know, you just got to keep plugging away and pushing away. And, and at, you know, at the end of the day, you write something and you're proud of it and you set yourself to do it and you, you've done it. And I think... You know, whatever happens next, you need to just, you know, just move with it and see what happens. Well, I want to congratulate you on finishing your second book because many people, you know, do the first one and that's it. They're so exhausted. You've done two. You finished the series. You're still coming back for more, which is just brilliant. Congratulations. And thank you very much for coming back on the podcast. Thank you so much. And how many have you written? Are you ready for it? 14 now. 15. 15 I've written now. Wow. How long does it normally take you to, to write one? A year? I, I'm really fast. I No, no I, I do them. I can write a book. I can write a fifty. I can write a 90,000 worder in three months. Really? Yeah, I know. It's sickening, so isn't it? I when you get to book 14, you would be able to, I'm guessing, because my first book took me two years. My second book took me a year. So, yeah, as I told him I get to 14 months, maybe I'll be down to six months. 14 books, I might be down to six months, maybe, yeah. Well, I write them fast, Lindsay, but they're crap, so... No, no, but uh, no, I'm I very formulaic when I, I, I say formulaic. You know, I write 5,000 words at a sitting, and I, I sort of, you know, write very... Um, uh, very methodically, I'm very sort of routinized about it. That that's how the writing gets done. But people mm. approach it in different ways. I try not to frighten people off with that. But you know, people write in different ways, don't they? Yeah. So yeah. I mean, I, I I don't write. You know, when I'm even when I'm right in the middle of it, I don't write every day. So I say I'll come out for lunch, and I'm off for lunch. That's 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 my research really. Going out for ladies ladies who do lunch, I'll take their time off. And and it's funny because, like for instance, there's a bit of my um. Um, Every Shade of Black, the, the second book, uh, there's, there's a the doctor in it and a, and, and a woman goes to see the doctor um, or the surgeon and she's got a crucial ligament from a skiing injury. And I had a friend who had a crucial ligament from a skiing injury. So I kind of interviewed her about that. Would this happen? Would he say that? And basically, I literally got my information from her. <laughs> And I had lunch with her today, and she said she was off to see her knee surgeon. And I said, how was that chapter? Was it okay? And she said, yeah, it was absolutely fine. It was absolutely fine. It was just how it happens. And actually, I wrote it because the woman who went to um, the, the um, orthopedic surgeon, she, you know, she gets up on the couch and she's got no knickers on. And no. my friend's like, don't worry, Linz, I've got knickers on today. No. So, but she says, I can't look him in the face because I just keep thinking of your chapter. Although it's not the same doctor, obviously, but it's like... You know, she read my chapter and it really went into her head. And she said, yeah, I've got my best knickers on today. So if there is a bit of a flash, then then I'm covered. So, <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. And that was Lindsay Drew Honey. You can check out her new website at lindsaysbooks.com. I recorded an extra five quickfire questions with Lindsay. And these are available right now to Patreon supporters only over at patreon.com slash Paul Teague. And I'll have another edition of Paul's Podcast Diary for you on Saturday the 13th of October. And then coming up on Monday the 15th of October, my guest will be Nathan Burrows, whose debut novel is Blind Justice, a British legal thriller set in East Anglia, of all places. So until then, I hope you have a great week of writing. Bye-bye for now. 
Thank you for listening to this week's self-publishing journeys. If you enjoyed the show, please consider sharing it with your indie author friends. Or you can leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or whichever podcast directory you use. In the meantime, you'll find previous interviews and all the show notes at selfpublishingjourneys.com. Thanks again for listening. We'll have more great self-publishing tips for you next week.